Hi, everyone. I'm Nicole, and this is the Wild for Change podcast. Today, I'm speaking with April Noga, founder of Chicagoland Pig Rescue. April and her husband, Tyler, created Chicagoland Pig Rescue in 2020 with its mission to be a lifeline for pigs, pulling them from situations of neglect and abuse, providing them with vet care, and then finding them forever homes. As of this year, Chicagoland Pig Rescue has saved 250 pigs, not just from the Midwest, but across the United States. News spreads fast when love is being put out into the world. This goes to show what love and determination can do to help change a being's life for the better. So I want to introduce April. Thank you for being on the podcast today, April. It is such an honor to meet you and to meet your family that you have here. So if you would like to start off with explaining like how this came to be Chicagoland Pig Rescue. Yeah, I'm so honored to be on this podcast and to be talking with you today. So I'm very excited. So thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so yeah, I there's a couple different reasons and ways that we got started with CPR. Um, so Basically, my husband and I had always both separately growing up um, as kids wanted pigs um, or like one pet pig. And so when we were dating, we figured this out together and it was kind of a a funny thing. And then so when we got our own house, um, we talked with the town and figured out the zoning, um, got special permission from the town to get like one pig. Um, And then it kind of really rapidly snowballed from there. I started volunteering at different sanctuaries and rescues, kind of getting my feet wet into the rescue world. Um, And then what really kind of brought me into Chicagoland, starting Chicagoland Pig Rescue was I, um, in just researching different pig care and um, pigs on Instagram actually, I saw footage of factory farming and um, pigs in mother pigs and gestation crates. And it was just life-changing, changed my soul. Um, Really like the makeup of my soul was like changed that day. And actually at the time after we got our first pig, I was like, I have chronic illness as well. And I, was in a really bad flare up and I was in a really bad place. I was like super, super, super sick. Mm. And I just saw that footage and in her, uh, in the mother pig's eyes, I saw this like devastation and just that low, low place where you don't know if you're going to make it through the situation. And it obviously resonated with me and I was so sick and not knowing if I was going to make it through And I just thought, man, like life is so hard. And what is it really about? It's about helping. And it's about, I just want, if I I thought at the time, if I make it through this, if I get through this flare up and this sickness, I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Um, And I actually said it out loud. It was at night, I was by myself and I talked to her and I said, your life is not gonna be in vain because I'm gonna fight for you. And I'm going to, you know, I think it was this, this thing too of, 
something clicked with me too, where like, I felt so sick. And, you know, I felt that same devastation when I looked at, at her and her eyes. But if I go to the doctor, they're gonna, you know, if I go out into the world and go to the doctor, they try to help me. If this pig escaped a cage and was running for her life, everything is set in place to bring that pig right back into the place that she tried to escape from. So she really has no escape. She has no escape. And it's only through like sanctuaries and rescuers that are fighting that they have any chance or any hope. And I said, this is it. This is what life is about. It's too hard not to help. Oh my gosh. So that's kind of, I'm sorry, that was a very long story, but that, that was kind of the emotional kind of foundation an experience that like led me to CPR. And then of course, there's all the nuts and bolts of it. We, um, you know, you have to like learn and be trained. And the more I volunteered and the more I was like working, saving one pig at a time and building up. And then I was linking up with other individual rescuers. And I'm like, we started doing bigger and bigger cases that we just couldn't fund out of pocket anymore. And I'm like, hey, guys, let's um, an incredible rescuer, Phoebe, and another incredible rescuer, Sarah. I was like, you know, let's all just get us together and um, get our 501c3 so we can actually start fundraising and doing bigger and bigger rescues and um, kind of like leveling up that way. So that's how it snowballed. Wow. So that was a lot of purpose and passion (laughs) in one video that really ignited this whole thing for you. Absolutely. And you know, to date, like you've saved 250 lives. Yeah. And not just here in the Midwest, you went across the country and it's like you open the floodgates in a way. Yeah. And, and really, you know, I, my passion is those large breed pigs. Um, but really in learning and doing more and the more that we do rescues, we really realize that these cases are from all over the place. So not only is there animal agriculture going on with factory farms, but there's also people who are like homesteading and raising pigs to be slaughtered and like oh, really? to be slaughtered, like in their backyards. What? Yes. And so there's like, there are just in, oh. in doing rescue, there's so many more things that we've found that these animals are up against um not not just the factory farming so yeah it kind of opened kind of the it opened my eyes to all the different ways that these animals are exploited oh my gosh I had no idea yeah oh that just makes my stomach upset to think about that it's like they're it's like they get a bad rap um it's like this thing where it's just in our society's DNA to think that this is just how it is. These are not beans. These are a commodity to be raised for us to enjoy for food. And there's so much more to them. And when, so I'm actually here at your micro sanctuary. And I was under the impression when I came today that um, you would be fostering pigs, but I had no idea that you have five of your own. And so I got to meet all of your lovely soul children (laughs) that you have. Yes, And they're all so special and they all have different personalities. And so, um, can you tell us a little bit about your family that you have? (laughs) Um, so the way that we kind of work with CPR is we got, we 
are out in the field. We get the pigs from where they need to be saved. We get them health care, um, vet care, everything that they need. We network them homes um, and then drive them to their homes. And if they need to be fostered before they can get to their home, we, we do have a network of fosters as well that we like train and work with us. Um, and so that's kind of all on this, the CPR end. But then at the same time, um, some of those rescues actually are now living with me as part of my family. Um, and we, we call it a micro sanctuary right now because we're actually still residential. So we're in a regular neighborhood. Um, and again, got permission from the town, um, check zoning. That's very important. And then, um, yeah, now we have five. Um, so they are rescues from CPR, but they like live as part of our family. So it's a little bit of a unique setup. Um, but eventually we do want to get acreage and get a full sanctuary going. Um, but I, I basically was like, while, you know, I had those emotional moments and I'm like, while we are residential still, what can I do? Like, what is the most that I can do right now? while just living in a neighborhood. And that was like, okay, starting the rescue where we do all this work and, you know, from these remote locations, but then I can also have like a certain number of pigs and okay. we definitely are capping out at five. Um, Cause the house is very uh, chaotic and, you know, it, there's always something going on uh, here, but uh, yeah, it's like the most that we can, we can do before we get acreage. So, so what's, cons what's considered a sanctuary then? So, you know, there's, there are certain organizations that like to like define it. Um, but basically the way that I view it is uh, a, a full sanctuary would be like you're in a rural location and you have like five, 10, 20, some sanctuaries have like a hundred acres um, and they're really set up. It's like your classic, like, you know, you have your, ba your barns and your outbuildings um, and then there's this really amazing movement, the micro sanctuary movement, which again, I just absolutely love because I think it, it really speaks to what can we do without, you know, you don't have to move rural yeah. and give up your whole life or your whole career, you know what I mean? Right. But you can also be saving animals that it's like anything that's like a non-traditional companion animals. So like anything beyond like dogs and cats and fish and stuff like that. So um, pigs definitely fall under that category. <laughs> and, you know, it's, I really want to bring awareness to the fact of how special it can be to, to welcome these non-traditional companion animals into your home. Um, it's, it's such a beautiful experience because you're really seeing that despite societal perceptions, um, these animals are just as much a part of like the emotional thread of your household as a dog or a cat would be, or a person, you know what I mean? They really yeah. are their own individuals. This is just as much their house as it is my house. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And I was just, I was so delighted to me. <laughs> I was so excited because I didn't realize that they're, that this is your family. I thought that they were mm -hmm. um, just being waited to hear until you could find them a forever home. So it's just so sweet to see um, how they get along, how they get along with you. And can you explain um, to listeners just about their hierarchy yeah, that exactly. I never knew? Yeah. So pigs do um, form 
their own, like all pigs in a group will form their own hierarchy. So it's like a herd hierarchy and they're very strict about it. <laughs> and, you know, it's very interesting because when pigs meet other species of animals, you know, they're just meeting normally, but like when pigs first meet another pig, they automatically go into that mode of like figuring out who it's basically like, who's going to be top so that who's going to protect the herd. Oh, okay. Because they're prey animals. So it's, it's basically, it's a lot about protection. So who's kind of the toughest who, if a, if something is to come um, like threaten us, who's going to stand in between the rest of the herd and the threat. So wow. it's pretty intense. They have to figure out that out. So they will battle to figure out like who's toughest. Um, so that's what's called pig integration. Okay. And it does sound really intense and it is, but it's natural and it's what they do in order to protect themselves. So while the way that it manifests in our house sometimes is like the head of the herd, because the pigs defer to them, like, well, try to be a little pushy and get an extra treat. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, or like steal someone's like cuddle spot, right? Um, just because they're, they're head of the herd. So they're in charge. But we've also seen these really powerful moments where, so like we're, we're in the corner house. So um, like if like a motorcycle will go by and scare them, um, the rest of the herd will like run to the other end of the yard and the head of the herd will stand in between them and the noise oh, wow. to like protect. And then it also will manifest too sometimes where like if a new person comes in and they're they're scared, the the head of the herd will stand in the room and kind of like monitor just to make sure everything's okay. Wow. So they really are protecting you know, it's, it's a family. Yeah. So like when we say herd, it's really family. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's, there's so much that people don't know about like the inner workings of pigs because yeah. again, in our society, they're used so much as commodities that not a lot has been even studied with pigs. You know what I mean? Like scientific studies of good point. Yeah. Of like their inner workings. Yeah. So like a lot of times we're learning this stuff from sanctuaries um, because they're not, you know, like chimpanzees are like studied as like, you know, out in their element and stuff like that. But like with pigs, it's like, they're so few opportunities where they're actually out in nature that they're not even like studied. Yeah, they way. can't even, you don't, we don't even know that much about them. Good point, because yeah. they're just used as a commodity mostly, you know? Absolutely. Um, And so they're not allowed to be themselves ever. Yeah. And there's so many different, like one of my goals within CPR, just like kind of my life's work is I want to start documenting more of these stories from sanctuaries mm -hmm. that really, I mean, it's all over. It's not just pigs, you know, it's like all these species that they have these like really beautiful, intricate stories uh, that aren't studied, you know what I mean? And that only like the sanctuary world really knows about. And so I think it's really important to document those things for like the prosperity of like pigs as a species. Oh my God. I couldn't agree more because yeah. you, by you 
having that purpose is changing the mindset that's been put out there since, you know, as children, when we're growing up and we're learning from our elders, we have no idea. Absolutely. Of what they're capable of because they've never had the freedom to really truly be themselves just because of that programming that's been instilled in us. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. That's mind blowing. Truly. Yeah. How do you get how do you get alerts from other places across the country that these pigs need help? So every case is really different. Every case is its own adventure. <laughs> so, you know, for as, as um, 250 pigs saved, there's like 250 unique stories, oh, really, you know. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> um, but really what I love about the sanctuary world and the rescue world is that we're all this like, this like intricate web of connections. Like, you know, we're all connected. So if there's a lot of times, you know, a case maybe in Indiana or um, Kentucky or Tennessee, you know, and um, sanctuaries need more help, they'll reach out to their network. And so we're all very connected in that way because it is so, um it's it's so much about making up the resources mm. for the rescues and so it's very much like this the community of rescuers and sanctuaries are coming together to like make up these like protocols to save um animals and so yeah it's it's really it's a beautiful kind of community um, and so anyway, a lot of times we'll get alerted that way, different sanctuaries talking to different sanctuaries or rescues talking to different rescues. Because there's not a lot of people doing this kind of work. Right. So we're like all connected in group chats and text, you know, texting. I'm, yeah. I'm texting with someone, you know, in Florida and we're community, you know, figuring this stuff out. So it, it's just a lot of back and forth, like talking to your community. Um, we also will get a lot of alerts from animal controls. I think it's really important to loop animal controls into the conversation. I know, you know, it really depends on every specific facility, the way that they operate and the way that they conduct themselves. So you'll get, there's really good animal controls that are trying their best. And then there's ones that are really tough and can do a lot better. But um, through a lot of this work, we have connected with so many different animal controls. And I think there are a lot of animal controls trying their best. So what we want to do is we want to help give them knowledge and the tools when they get an animal that's not a dog or a cat. It's like, what do they do? We want to help them set up their facility to temporarily house pigs when they have to. And then we come in and, and get them out of there. Wow, so you're educating them as well. Yeah. You're and, doing a lot of education. <laughs> trying as hard as we can. There's so much to do always, not right. enough hours in the day. Right. And yeah. there's so many facets to what you do. That, Absolutely. Yeah. It's you're you're kind of creating a not kind of, you are like a paradigm shift because mm-hmm. you're filtering through to animal care control and, and your neighbors see what you're doing. And you know, these rescues are learning about you. And so you're communicating. So you're actually just you're really creating this different energy feel of um, what these beings need and, and being a voice for them. And for, I mean, for how many hundreds of years they've been 
treated as just a commodity, just in, you know, having no life whatsoever of their own. I mean, you're just, you're creating this whole change, which is truly, truly amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm like, Thank just, you. I'm really touched by it all. Oh gosh. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. And I, I really do, you know, think it's, I think part of my message is that I, you know, I don't have a, I didn't go to school for a specific like veterinary thing. I didn't, you know, I, I have a, a background in art. <laughs> um, and this is just something I think you see the footage and you f of, you know, factory farms or, or animal abuse and you feel so helpless. Right. But there's so much that, you know, everybody could be doing, um, volunteering, even just people like sanctuaries needing drivers, like to just drive an animal from point A to point B is a huge help. Um, so yeah, anyway, there's, there's some, need a lot of boots on the ground. Yeah. A lot of boots on the ground. So, yeah. Right. So how, what is like the emotional physical status of some of the pigs that you have rescued that you have seen? So pigs are very emotional. They have an emotional intelligence of like a toddler, a human toddler, or like a human child. So I mean, we see pigs actually cry real tears, which I didn't know until today. Yeah. So they cry, they mourn, they grieve. You know, a lot of times when people just they get a pig because they, you know, a pot belly because they think it's just this novelty and then they move or something becomes inconvenient. And they rehome. Well, like like all animals of have this emotional bond and feel these like deep emotional feelings for sure. And I think what we see in pigs is that they grieve deeply. They're very connected to like routine. They love routine. Mm. They're prey animals. They love routine and safety. And yeah. so when you just pull them out of what they know and put them somewhere else, like even in the best circumstances, um, where you get them to like the best sanctuary possible and everything, they're still going to be grieving the, the person that, you know, discarded them. Right. Um, the, the other flip side is some pigs come from the worst situations possible. I mean, like the uh, most unimaginable situations. And so when you pull them out, you immediately feel that they know they're safer. They're still scared of you, but they know that they are, that you want to help them. So like, they're a little skeptical, but they're also like, you see those waves of relief. You see their personality. Like when we're fostering, we see the personalities start to come out after, you know, their trauma kind of is starting to heal, you see them just start to be able to be a pig again. Um, and that is just like, truly makes everything all worth it. Totally. And what I was amazed by is you had mentioned before we started the podcast that some of the pigs you've rescued are, um, they're coming from breeders and people are buying them and um, they're mistreated. And I had no idea. Yeah about how popular that was yeah it's it the trend comes in waves mm -hmm. like when any um there's like celebrities that'll get pigs um and it's just like the worst feeling as a rescuer because it's like okay 
is trending now. Um, and so people are going to be wanting to do it again. Yeah. So um, you're getting ramped up knowing that a lot of people are going to be like, oh no, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but you were saying that, you know, people are selling them off as like what they're um, micro. Yeah. So there was this big trend within breeders to call them like micro pigs or teacup yeah. pigs and teacup and micro pigs do not exist. So what the breeders are doing is they're actually telling people, okay, they're they're only going to get to like 50 pounds and you just feed them this specific um, amount of food or the specific food and they'll stay small. Well, what you're really doing is starving them um, and not giving them the nutrition they need to grow. Um, and they, you know, they still do keep growing to a certain point where people are like, oh, they're too big for my house. And then we get the pictures and we see they're emaciated, they're underweight. Oh, um, that's so upsetting. Yeah. So it's, you know, we're fighting from the agricultural end, but then we're also fighting in this way of pigs are not dogs. And sometimes people want to get a pig again because they feel like, oh, it's this novelty. Right. And they think it's just going to be as easy as dogs. Right. Um. And they're not that way. Like people like to make the comparison. And I think it's really, really valid to say, oh, they're like dogs in the way that they are companions and they're beautiful, sentient beings. And that, and so that's true. They are like dogs in that way. Um, But caring for them is very different. Um, And a lot of people are not up for that responsibility, which is another reason that I like to say, if you're going to get a pig as a companion, frame it in your head like a micro sanctuary because you have to be dedicated and put in that amount of work. It's really like what you put in is like the relationship that you get back. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not as easy as just, oh, I'm going to go away on a day trip and I'm just going to like lock this pig in this room. You know what I mean? Like it would be like locking a toddler in a room, right? Like they're going to, they're going to get into trouble. Like there's yeah, just a lot that can happen. Yeah. So if you do get a pig, I mean, I have five and it's changed my life. I'll never not have a, a pig in a house. Um, but you just really have to set yourself up in the right way to have a house pig. Right. Right. Don't see it as a novelty. See it as that you are bringing in another being into your home that is going to need special care. Absolutely. It's not going to be like a dog. Absolutely. And there's a huge learning curve. You really have to pig proof your house (laughs) in the same way. It's basically toddler proofing. (laughs) Um, So uh, like childproof locks on your, your drawers, stuff like that. So smart. Yeah, get all the the important documents up, up <laughs> off of like low tables and things like that because they're basically just curious toddlers. Um, and so, what we also like to do uh, with CPR is provide support for pig parents. So, like, if you do have a question or you do have like a situation that you need help with, we'd like to be that resource because you know going through it myself, I know that there's a huge learning curve. And, you know, if I didn't have the support that I had with knowledgeable people, when we got our first pick Ruby, you know, we were, we were going through it. <laughs> so right. I really like to to provide that help as well as, as part of the rescue. I think that's wonderful. 
Thank you. Not only are you helping to save pigs, you're documenting their natural behaviors. You're helping new pig parents um, understand what is, you know, if they're in a bind, what is what they need. Um, so you're just completely well-rounded. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think we, uh, a really big component to our mission with Chicago Land Pig Rescue is fighting for all, like we say we're anti-speciesist, but also I feel like we're anti-breedist. I don't know yeah. if that's a word, but like we, we fight for the large breed pigs. We fight for the, the small breed pigs and the wild pigs. So like each, each breed or each type of pig has their own um challenges and own kind of like abuse that we're trying to save them from right so like small breed pigs it's like what we just talked about the breeders um rehoming um and and again backyard butchering with pot bellies oh my gosh large breed pigs of course is animal agriculture and um like scientific testing on animals we've saved pigs from that situation as well And then the wild pigs, it's hunting, it's loss of habitat, and it's governments going in and wanting to wipe out feral pigs populations from their states. So it's like all, so uh, just to give a little sample of like, when we started rescuing, you know, seeing all these different breeds, you know, we don't want to just fight for one, we want to fight for all. Yeah. And I like, I like that. Um, you're trying to raise awareness about these stigmas that are placed on the feral pigs or the pigs that are raised in factory farmings or just for meat. Um, yeah. You're just, you're trying to raise awareness of it all. That they each, each breed, uh, each species of pigs has its own set of issues that they're dealing with. It's like they're getting bombarded every which way. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so unfortunate. So thank you for that work that you do too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. So how are you able to find homes, forever homes for them once you've gotten a pig in your care? So again, every case is different, um, but it really comes back to that network. Like we wouldn't be able to do what we do without the sanctuaries. So like the way that I really like to talk about it is that sanctuaries really are the only places where farmed animals can exist and just live their lives yeah. literally yeah, uh, without being abused or slaughtered. Um, and so it goes back. We network a lot with sanctuaries, um, not only in the Midwest, but really around the U.S. Um, so yeah, networking with sanctuaries and also helping support them after they take pigs from us. That's so important um, because, you know, we, then kind of close out our case, but then they're they're caring for that pig for the rest of their lives, you know, like 20 years. So we we always like to go back and try to help sanctuaries that take our pigs. Um, and then also we do do private adoptions. Um, so mm-hmm. again, helping pig parents with either house pigs or some people are rural, they're not a sanctuary, but they have like barns and outbuildings and they want a couple of pigs. And so we'll help kind of facilitate that, um, educate about like the correct fencing, um, different different care things that like outdoor pigs need versus indoor pigs. Um, 
So yeah, yeah so you're like that. you're facilitating also like the caregiving too once they go somewhere else too. Like if if it's a pig parent, you know, for the first time, and yeah. just ensuring that that pig is in a good spot and absolutely has a great home to go into. Absolutely, and and because we are a rather like small organization right now it really does allow us to work super closely with the people that we're placing pigs with. I never want to just place a pig and then, you know, go about my business. Like I always want to go back and check in. So like, that's all, that's really important for us to continue to be a part of that pig's life. And we say like once a CPR pig, always a CPR pig. Yeah. Um, There's been a couple or like a, a situation or two where, a sanctuary needed to like close or shift around. And then we essentially take the pigs back into our care and rehome them again. Like we, we always want to make sure that we've set that pig up for life. And, and a lot of that is following up. Um, Oh, I love that. I love that you do that. Yeah. It's not like your job is done once they're adopted somewhere else. You're continuously monitoring, making sure that their needs are still met. And, and also like, you know, that is kind of those positive updates are really what we live for. Like, I'm sure it's such a nice feeling to like, you know, we're, we're working really closely with these like amazing sanctuary owners and and they'll send us like videos or like cute stories. And it's like, oh, it makes it all worth it. Oh, how wonderful. You're, you're like touching so many lives too, you know, because you're giving these pigs a new chance of life and then their parents are having them and experiencing them and enjoying them and it's like it just that that good feeling just keeps rolling forward and paying it forward yeah the ripple effect that big ripple effect yeah Yeah, it's truly wonderful you know what i i did want to ask of you is we have these misconceptions about pigs raised for as farm animals for food and the feral pigs are wild and they're considered pests. But what other misconceptions can you raise awareness about right now for listeners to understand? So there's definitely like the classic ones that we like to talk about. So like pigs aren't just dirty inherently. Um, They wallow and roll in mud to um give themselves sunscreen protection from the sun because they have really sensitive skin. Um, And, you know, that's just a little like hint into like their worlds. Like they have very complex, rich inner worlds. Um, And I think if we slow down as humans and start paying attention to, you know, because it takes a certain level of like paying attention to really notice these things that these pigs do. So like, for example, um, I can tell like by what my pit, the pigs are like making noises or like uh, arguing with each other one month, (laughs) um, the other cuddle spot, right? And there are certain (laughs) noises that they make, like you can learn pig language, like as far as like, oh, this grunt means this. Um, this means this, like the way that their hierarchy works, they're going to do this. So like, I think just us as human beings, like we have the ability to slow down and, and pay attention. I think that's really what all animals need is for us to be paying attention. And um, there's just, there's just so I think much. that's a great point, <laughs> slowing down yeah. and paying attention, picking up on their cues, because, you know, as humans, we can talk 
we have this kind of language that we use to express ourselves, right? But other beings communicate so much more differently than we do. And if we just slow down and pay attention, you can pick up on their cues of what they mean. And obviously, you know, when they want a cuddle spot versus when they're hungry. Right, exactly. And, you know, there's definitely as far as like, those are just small examples. But I think, again, going back to sanctuaries and what they've actually documented when these pigs are allowed to live their lives in the way that they choose. So I mean, there's so many amazing sanctuaries that like have smaller operations, but the bigger ones, there's been certain sanctuaries who kind of have more acreage and have opened it up to be sort of almost like a wildlife preserve, but Mm. for pigs. Oh, that's cool. So it's like, they're able to make like their full amount of choices that they can make. Like they really have the most amount of freedom, like life on their own terms type of thing. And there's so many important and interesting things that they have documented. So like, if I can go into it for a minute, um, pigs will do this thing. They'll naturally like homestead and they make groups. So within like these larger sanctuaries, pigs will literally create their family herds apart from other family herds. And it's this big social situation. So it's not just like all the pigs, like free-for-alling, like they really make their family units and they make their like home bases um, where they, you know, they all come back to and sleep at at night as a family. Oh, that's wonderful. And then they- It's like an elephant herd or a dog pack or a wolf pack. Absolutely, absolutely. And then pigs have also- uh, people don't believe this, but it's it's true and it's documented on video. <laughs> um, pigs will literally decorate their spaces. Really? I swear. So what they do, like what certain pigs have been documented doing is like collecting certain types of plants and bringing it into their space where they're laying down. So they're like laying next to these plants that they've picked. Oh, wow. It's incredible. That's so precious. And then the one other thing that I really wanna share about this, like what's been documented with pigs allowed to live their natural lives as they choose is that, and a lot of people don't know this, pigs have death rituals, just like elephants and humans. Wow. Uh, they literally, when a pig passes and, you know, they're allowed to, to do this, um, the pig that has passed, what they'll do is they'll all line up in herd order. So the head of the herd goes first Wow! and they approach the body one at a time and they have this way that they, um, it's a cry. They open their mouths and they take in the you know, the animal that has passed and they do this crying. And then once that pig has done that, they go and then the next pig goes. Wow. I'm starting to cry. Just thinking about yeah, I'm getting it. And they go one at a time and they say goodbye. And the pigs, you know, it's been documented that the pigs that were closest to the one that have passed, they literally go out by themselves, like in fields and they grieve. And they won't eat for like a day or two, which for a pig is a a lot to not eat for a pig. Um, And so they're really grieving. 
But like, again, it's about slowing down us as humans, because you might just walk past and see a pig in a field like, oh, whatever. But like, if you know, you know, that they're grieving, because they've just experienced this thing, like it's these, it's these really deep, inner, rich, complex worlds that they're living. And most of the world has no idea. Has no idea. And, and most, you know, it's only at sanctuaries that this is even even can happen right being discovered just because, because otherwise they've been rescued right because otherwise they're literally trapped in in metal warehouses i mean could you imagine your life living right. that way and you you have this identity but you can't live that identity yeah absolutely that personality that you were born into that yeah that beautiful spirit that everybody's so individual just as like all human beings, there's no one like anybody else. Same thing goes for other animals. Yeah, absolutely. And pigs do really have complex individual personalities, um, like all animals do. But I think with pigs is definitely amplified because they're so um, emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Um. So, you know, different just like with R5, like I could go on and on all day about the differences and the intricacies of each of their personalities um, because they really, they each are living this deep, deep emotional life. Wow. Do you think like with the work that you're doing and raising awareness about pigs, because there aren't many people doing this kind of work, do you think that this is helping to shape um society's viewpoints on pigs and other factory farm animals that you know we have this hierarchy that humans the speciesism right where we yeah. think that we're the dominant um being on this planet to do you think that with your work and what these sanctuaries are doing that this is going to be, kind of be the wave of showing people that like no we've got all these other sentient beings that don't want to suffer either. Right, right. Um, I I definitely think that it's happening on like a grassroots level. Um, and because it's not only about education, it's like about this like emotional education of yeah. um, paying attention and, and having this other understanding of like not only the rescue work that's happening, but like these animals and their deep emotional lives. Um, that once people experience it personally firsthand, it's like they're changed. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's hard because the abuse and the the devastation is happening on such a great scale, like a grand scale, um, that it's very overwhelming. But I think what I, ha I have to do personally is come back each day and center myself and say, it's happening on a grassroots level, the ripple effects that everybody is putting out in the world that when we're rescuing or, or, or just meeting a pig and, and understanding and, and getting that emotional change, like they're adding ripple effects out into the world. And that's real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always go back to that saying that you may not be able to change the whole world, but 
you change the world of that one animal that you rescue. Right. And if you're, if you're focused on that individually, I mean, one pig at a time, one pig at a time, you know, we're up to 250. And that's a lot. That has to mean something. It you know? means a lot. And it's 250 lives. Yeah. The ripple effects. So I, I just always go back to that because sometimes it can be discouraging. Oh, completely. Yeah. I'll be driving and literally like not that long ago, there was a pig that escaped um, a slaughter truck and was running to save his life. And I got the call. I got the call and the pig was an hour away. And in that, in that situation, I knew that it was a pig that had escaped um, and either the authorities will come and shoot the pig on site mm-hmm. or they will be returned to where they escaped from. Right. Great. So either way, it doesn't look good. Right. And so again, it goes back to like what rescuer can come and be that hope and, and come scoop up pig, you know? So I'm like, (laughs) this one specific case of this pig marshal, like, I'll never forget, like jumping in the car, it starts downpouring, my gas light comes on. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I had no time because I'm like, this pig is going to get shot. He was roaming a neighborhood. And we got this frantic call from just like a neighborhood, like a homeowner that just Googled like pig rescue. And they're just like, there's this pig out in a neighborhood. So I'm like rushing get the pig his hooves like the pads of his hooves are bloody because he had been like traveling for so long oh my god poor babe got him into the car like thankfully got him safe and then i'm driving back Uh, i got gas (laughs) then Drove back and um, a transport truck, a slaughter transport truck, literally driving the opposite direction, you know, passes Oh my God, how bizarre. And it's just this like- Business as usual for that trucker driving these pigs, you know? And I have like this one pig in my car, you know, they have like hundreds in Uh. their truck. But I'm like, this one pig means something. And I'm like sobbing and, you know, passing these- trucks it's such a out-of-body experience of just like what is our society doing right and there has to be a point where people are waking up and I think they are it's just slow but it's a ripple effect and I Mm -hmm. think the more that we keep fighting the more rebels are going to keep happening well you're that light that's like paving the way for other people to take notice I mean just the fact that somebody googled pig rescue and you came up and were was able to save that one life is nothing short of amazing thank you really truly i mean just to think that you know the way he was being treated and his bloody hooves and i mean it's just it's really awful it's despicable yeah um and it's just it's just not called for for us to treat other beings that way absolutely and i you know it's this thing too i think of you sit like the majority of people down and say like, would you want to hurt this animal? Of course they're going to say no. Right. Like nobody or the vast majority of people are animal lovers and they see cute videos and they, you know, love seeing like adorable piglet videos and stuff. And they wouldn't, you give them the opportunity. They would never hurt an animal that's in front of them. Um, And I think that's what, 
that's what we kind of have to keep educating people on is like, you vote with your dollar. So if you are paying for meat, you are paying for a pig or, you know, an animal to be slaughtered, you're voting with your dollar. That's what world you're creating with that dollar. Um, and, and so yes. to bring people back to no, this isn't just this meat that appeared on your plate. This was a pig that had a rich inner world that was abused um, that ended up on your plate. You know, that's a whole different thing. And nobody wants that, you know what no. I mean? And I think what, like, as I was starting to become a rescuer, I, you know, there's these things called pig vigils. Um, have you know about these? No. So there was a movement that got started where um, trucks that were pulling up to slaughterhouses, they'll like wait in line for the animals to be like brought in. So, so um, animal activists will come and give, because, sorry, I'm going to back up a second. When pigs, animals in general, but also when pigs are being brought to slaughter, they're, withheld food and water um, for like the trip and just like a certain amount of time. It's like illegal, I think for 24 to 36 hours of like no food and water. So like- That's beautiful. It's legal. Legal. So withhold food and water. Yeah. And then these trucks also have like slats in them to, you know, for air circulation, but it's like, think about it in like a hundred degree heat in these metal trucks. No. Think about it in negative degree weather, these freezing, I mean, they're throwing up, they're going to the bathroom, they're so scared. And then like, that's freezing on them. Like, and this is, this is the culmination to the end of their life. End of their life. How unfortunate is that? And I think when you put yourself inside that truck, the whole, their whole lives leading up to it, you know, it's not just one bad day. No, every day is a bad day. Every day is a bad day. And leading up till the end is like this horror show. And so anyway, these rescuers will come and give the animals water and also sometimes like sing to the animals, um, sing to the pigs. What angels? their one moment of like love and kindness in the world before that before they're slaughtered um and so I think when you know as becoming a rescuer and like hearing about these things and then being able to to imagine yourself inside those trucks it's like this isn't just food that appears on your plate this this was going on for six months until they're slaughtered right living every day in complete and utter terror yeah. Yeah. Thank you, April, for the work that you do. Honestly, I mean, it really. Thank you. I feel verklempt because it's it's so needed. Yeah. And there's so many people like doing such great things out there, and I think, you know, never think that you know you might be living in an apartment in a city. You can go out. You have a car. You can go out and drive an animal. Like give them their freedom ride. You know, there's always something that we could be doing for animals. Um, yeah, it's... we're all crying here. <laughs> if anybody can't see us, we're all in here crying because it's just so devastating. Yeah. Ugh. The amount of tears I've cried in since 2020. <laughs> Oh, wow. Unreal. 
either these types of tears or like tears of joy. Like I, if, if we have time for like a story, mm-hmm. um, I was driving with another rescuer friend in um, this one rural area and we happened upon this like backyard operation, this like meat farm in this like burnt out area. It was very bizarre. And we were able to negotiate some pigs out. Um, And one pig, you know, we took the sickest pigs that were clearly starving um, and got them to the vet right away. And there was this one pig who had some neurological issues and it turned out she had a pinched nerve. Well, anyway, fast forward, we, um, she's at an amazing sanctuary now who is getting her like physical therapy and beautiful like treatments to help with all her neurological symptoms. And I just got a video yesterday of her like being able to walk properly and like, you know, just so the tears, so I'm sobbing, you know, and you did that. It was a group, you know, I like know, a whole... but you saw them. You gave that pig yeah. a new life. I'll never forget, like, care. I was, like, clutching one of the pigs in my arms and, like, all these other pigs are, like, screaming and I'm, like, running to the car. And, you know, it's just oh. those moments where it's, like, if this isn't what life is about, like, what is life about? You know, it, it has to be a... It has... Life has to involve helping others. I agree. Yeah. I agree, especially for those who don't have a voice. Yeah. And you're doing it. You're living it each day. You know, you're inspiring other people because when you're doing what you love and and doing what you are so passionate about, you give other people the opportunity and the the wherewithal to say, if she's doing it, I can do this too. You know, absolutely. I love that. And I love that energy. Yeah. Um, And it's really awesome to get volunteers coming in and, you know, they've said, like, I'll just talk with them about like, how did you find us? And like, you know, and they just the same thing, saw footage and decided that they wanted to do something. And then they linked up with us. And then we've created a network where, you know, whatever they can put in, if it's a drive, if it's, you know, coming out to help on like sanctuary volunteer days, if it's, you know, helping put up fencing, if it's, you know, like working some events that we do in the city, like of Chicago, you know, everybody has something that they can contribute. And so it's like really exciting and such great energy for someone to come in. And it's like, yeah, they are at where I was with like, seeing the footage and feeling hopeless. And it's like, no, join us, like, join the energy, join the force, because it's out there. So people like myself want to help volunteer, where could we learn more about the opportunities? So um, we have a volunteer application on our website. And um, we're redoing her website. So we're gonna have a lot more information about different types of volunteering that people can do. Uh, It's a little bit different, because, um, again, we we do drives, we handle the vet care fundraising. So it's not like, quote unquote, a day on the farm type volunteering. It's more, uh, it's a little bit more unique than that. Um, But it also is unique in the way that it allows people, you know, to contribute what they can. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can't drive out like three hours to work on like a rural like sanctuary farm, like that's okay. You could come to a Chicago event, you know, stuff like that. 
Um, so anyway, there's a lot of different um, volunteer opportunities and they're all on our website. Um, so chicagolandpigrescue.com. Um, and then I'm, I'm always very hands-on. So like, you know, people, all of the volunteers have my personal number and stuff. We're all like a, a group of family, um, which is really nice. So that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I would love to sign up. Oh, absolutely. We'd love to have you. One last question. So what are your goals for the next five years? Where do you see Chicago and Pig Rescue? So I'm, you know, it's always an adventure. Every day is unique, but I definitely want to push forward on documenting um, the the pigs inner worlds like we were talking about. Um, and so really getting those case studies documented in a proper way where people can understand and learn and you don't have to be in the sanctuary world to know about it. Yeah. Um, that and also we really do want um one of our end goals is to get proper acreage and open up like a full pig sanctuary of our own. So I know we'll always be doing the rescue work, but also having those like residents and acreage yeah. um, to, to provide more homes because there's so few homes. They're so precious. And so we just keep pushing to like make more homes, make more opportunities for those pigs. Oh, that's wonderful. And I know you're going to do it. <laughs> I've got a lot of, Fire in my you belly. You have a lot of fire <laughs> and you have a lot of passion and you, your your um, dedication to them is palpable. I mean, obviously I see you as a, a wonderful mom to the five that you have. And um, thanks for all you do and unveiling all of this information to me. I've learned so much. Thank you for taking from the time. you. It's amazing all the, the work and um, research you've done and understand and taking the time to understand um, pigs and who they really are because nobody really knows who they are. Yeah. You know, they're never give they were never given that chance. So I would love to see that come into fruition where you can actually be the the point person for people to go to to learn about pigs and their inner world. Absolutely. Yeah. I think once you you meet a pig and you connect with them. And, you know, again, just like I started out looking in the pig's eyes in that gestation crate, but you look at a pig's eyes out living their life in nature and it just, it changes the makeup of your soul. And it's just so powerful. And so I would love for other people to get that opportunity to, to feel that um, it's, it's exciting. Definitely. Thank you, April. Thank you.